Welcome to Spoilers, movie review of South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. My name is Pappy, and I have the privilege of hosting this week because I won a trivia contest. Last week on a podcast, I don't remember, Face Off. Uh, the host that week was Money Mike, who can't <laughs> be with us today, so I'll defer to the guy who hosted the podcast before that. Stevie, you hosted The Grey. How you doing tonight, man? Dude, I'm kind of bummed there was no spoiler at the beginning of this track. I was like all amped up, like, what's Pappy's spoiler? What's it going to be? No spoiler. Yeah, I kind of didn't have it in my notes. It would have been Kenny Ascends into Bag Heaven. Oh, but... that's a great spoiler. <laughs> but uh, I'm re-record. doing really good. Uh, excited to talk about this movie from a show that I love. And Stevie, I wanted to ask you about the Grey Podcast. That was a really good episode. Uh, I like the part where you called me chicken shit. For how I win my trivia. Yeah, matches. it's bullshit. You're like the people on Price is Right that like I get angry at and want to throw shit at the TV for when they do it. Someone's like, $580, Bob, and they're the highest bid. And one little asshole's like, he won't say his true feeling. He's just like, 581. It ends up being like 1,000. I mean, it just little stuff like that bothers me. Hey, I play to win the game just like uh, our other co host tonight. Uh, guy who has the box office mojo numbers ready to go, Brett Kelly out of Fort Wayne. What's up, Brett? Hey, what's up, guys? Do you remember when this movie came out? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. <laughs> you were old enough to. Uh, yeah, not not technically. My Uncle John took me. Nice. <laughs> he cracked up at the rim job line. I still remember that. What's a rim job? Oh, why, that's when you put your legs behind your head and have someone lick your ass. So that's a really I, explicit part. How did the movie do at the box office? Uh, the box office, uh, domestic, $52 million, foreign, $31 million for a total worldwide, $83 million and some change. What, what was the budget on it? Uh, the budget was... Go ahead, talk amongst yourselves... Well, Brett looks that up. Let's introduce the last member, our last panelist, Josh. Twenty-one million. Thanks hey, for that, guys. Brett. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just really disappointed because we asked Brett a couple of times to have that ready for us when we started. But I had, oh, <laughs> so I, I'd, I'd never, I'd never been in the site before. I don't know where the uh, the budget is. When Jared's not joking. here, you're the stat boy, Brett. We talked about this, but Josh, I know you're a big fan of South Park, right? Uh, I don't know if I'm a big current fan. I, over my lifetime, I've been a huge fan, huge proponent. The show's made me laugh. Like Brett and I are in agreement that we both think Trey Parker is like a modern day genius with very few peers. But yeah, um, excited to get into this movie. What's an olden day genius? A modern day. What's, I know, but what's like? What's the difference between like a modern day genius and an olden day genius? Well, you know, like uh, Leonardo da Vinci was like <laughs> olden day. Uh, okay, I just know there's like a stark difference. Uh, all right, I would say like current age. How about that? Like gotcha. current day. That works. That works. So this is your first episode of Spoilers because you're a big South Park fan. Our episodes always start this blazing hot, uh, and then we get into uh, reviewing the movie. And then we'll play a little, uh, or we'll give our yes or no's, and then play a little trivia game to decide who will be next week's host. But today, I just want to kind of break down the movie. I think it makes sense to do it song by song. I and mean, if there's any like talking points uh, for the plot in between, we should talk about those. But we here are, are here to talk about South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, the 1999 musical taking place in South Park, Colorado. Uh, Stevie, we'll open it up with you. The, the movie opens with Mountain Town. Um, it opens up like a Disney movie. Yeah, I knew you would love that. What did you think about this opening number? I actually love it because, I mean, for those who've listened to in the pod before, I'm absolutely obsessed with Disney animated movies, and I loved it. I mean, would you? I I think Stan 
I mean, people, you can say Cartman now, but I always think of Stan as the main central character to South Park. Um, I thought it was awesome. I opened up with him. And the song Mountain Town is a great song, which is probably playing now. And I absolutely loved that. It just opened up like a Disney movie. part that made me realize south park is a little dated now um as they're walking up kind of the culmination of the song is them saying that off to the movies we will go where we learned everything that we know and i definitely think that's like a generation maybe like x and above sort of thought because if you ask anyone like our age or younger they're gonna say like the internet is where they learn everything x hamster yeah (laughs) <laughs> god damn it <laughs> so that that was just like a quick thing that made me realize the age of this movie but as far as my favorite part uh i don't know this is a genius song that just builds really well i think my least favorite part is when they go to the moms for their solos <laughs> <laughs> yeah who's your least favorite mom Kyle's oh, mom is a bitch. <laughs> Kyle's mom is the biggest bitch. I do like it when Stan's mom says that he like wears his smile like Jesus wears oh, a thorny crown or some child. shit like that. <laughs> He's tender and mild. He'd wear a smile while he wore a thorny crown. What an angel with a heart so sweet and sure and a mind so open and pure. Thank God we live in this quiet redneck mountain town. Uh, and the song is like just kind of introducing each one of the characters. I like when Cartman's introduced, and he's just, yes, yes! <laughs> <laughs> the prospect of going to the movies, uh, which is what this whole uh, movie is about. It's definitely a, Josh, would you say it's a meta film about South Park's place in pop culture today? Dude, you, you tell me, dog. <laughs> I would say it is, because... Uh, <laughs> The boys are off to see a movie called Uncle Fucker. With the help of a drunken homeless person, they are able to secure <laughs> tickets. Um, Uncle Fucker is the Terrence and Phillip movie from Canada, uh, which definitely mirrors, I would say, probably a lot of the way people see South Park and probably anticipated a lot of the, mm-hmm. the way people would see this movie. Um, one of my favorite scenes from this song, uh, which is playing right now, is the way when uh, the whole theater clears out, but the four boys in the front just love it so much, and you're just like standing up, dancing in their seats, <laughs> loving it. How is your favorite part not the first fart solo? <laughs> so funny. I love the line where the parents are clearing out, and... I forget what she says exactly. She's like, oh my god, that was so gross. And the husband looks at her and goes, what do you expect? They're Canadians. I don't know why, but I laughed so hard at that part. Before we move along from Uncle Fucker, I think this brings me to like my main new takeaway as I watch this movie this week. And I think the one downfall I see in this movie is that it kind of preaches to its own choir a little too hard. And I think that scene... Where they're watching and they all like the whole audience is like clearing out because it's so obscene. It's kind of like what they see happening with their own audience. So like by the time you get to like any of their messaging in this movie, the ending, it's you know it's been weeded out so thin that you're just preaching to like a small core group of people that are gonna sit through an hour worth of like clitoris and <laughs> uncle fucker jokes. I mean, Chick there's not many people that want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know i would say that the big difference be- would be though is that the music is very much of a high caliber in this movie which we'll talk about a little bit later too um mm-hmm. whereas like uncle fucker is literally like fart solos like we talked about so on a little <laughs> bit different like level well i think uh, it's funny too is because you have to expect that parents took their children to see this movie without realizing what it was I thought it was so brilliant. You start out with a with a soft song like Mountain Town and go jump right into the profane like the most profane lay song you could put in a movie in Uncle Fucka. <laughs> and 
I mean, I, I guess like Josh said, they're preaching on the choir because you have to imagine parents were running out of the theater with their children when that song came on. <laughs> their ears plugged. I've made a huge yeah. mistake. <laughs> what have I done? Uncle Faka. Like, just, I don't know, that's the way I look at it. The thing I noticed uh, when I watched it a long time ago, and I know why they do the line, but I always thought it was almost like a mistake. Uh, probably not a mistake because Trey Parker doesn't make mistakes, but like when he said, but the animation's really crappy. Dude, I love that joke, though. Oh, That's no, one of the I best jokes. Joke. I do like the joke. I'm just saying it's like it wouldn't be animated in their world, but, you know, that's just the joke. <laughs> the joke is so good that it's not really a big deal. So That joke comes out of nowhere and has no character development, but it was like simply Trey Parker poking fun at South Park's animation. <laughs> and just the, like, sure. the way that they hop, too, is so like extra robotic. <laughs> hop, 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 hop. <laughs> it looks so extra <laughs> But that's a good transition because they hop away from the movie theater to the Charlie Brown Christmas scene where everyone's skating on the pond. Totally. Um, and and one of my this is like a little sub song, but I do want to touch on it. Uh, there, Stan sings. There's a girl that I like, and this is like this an song older is horrible. <laughs> it's like an older gag though. It's like uh, Brett. Do you want to say what happens every time uh, Wendy Stan's crush comes up to talk to him? Oh, he pretty much pukes in her face. So. <laughs> it's the way the song ends every time, too. Would you guys agree, though, that that song is like, there's like no really sustained melody? It's just like, girl, I like. Well, you have to also imagine it as like Stan, as like a song, like. Stan making that song up on the fly in his head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's why it kind of leans towards towards his crappiness. Uh, so, so the main gang convinces the kids of the pond to go see the movie. And I love the way this scene transitions out because like the, all the other kids run off. And then Carmen just looks over to Kenny and goes, I hate you, Kenny, for no <laughs> reason. <laughs> but uh, so the next day they're in school. Um and uh, this movie's become a giant hit. Uh, and this is one of the most iconic scenes of the movie, too. Maybe we can play the clip now. Come on, don't be shy. I think I know the answer, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> Shut up, fat boy. Hey, don't call me fat, you fucking Jew. Eric, did you just say the F word? Jew? No, he's talking about fuck. You can't say fuck in school, you fucking fat ass. Kyle. Why the fuck not? Eric. Dude, you just said fuck again. Stanley. Who? Kenny. What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt anybody. Fuck, 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 fuck. How would you like to go see the school counselor? How would you like to suck my balls? What did you say? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was... How would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Garrison? Holy shit, dude. One of my favorite lines that actually comes after this rant, when uh, the kids are in then Mr. Mackey, the school counselor's office, and Carmen raises his hand and goes, Mr. Mackey, can I ask you a question? Um, Okay. What's the big fucking deal, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and then the the movie kind of carries on for a little bit. Do you have any scenes like from when like the moms walk in? Like Stevie, you've said several times that Kyle's mom's the biggest bitch. Uh, do you want to kind of explain how they react to this news? Kyle's mom is. I mean, I have to imagine there's one in every school. But Kyle's mom is that typical mom at like a PTA meeting raising hell about everything, every little thing. And they've even made like gags about it in this South Park season about how Kyle is becoming like his Jewish mother. And pretty much they like Kyle's mom goes on this huge like anti-Canada campaign. Which I might add is probably the weakest storytelling because it's just like one song and all of a sudden it's like. A nationwide militarized blame movement. Canada. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we're not blame yeah. Canada. We're not we quite. There? Yeah. Okay, my bad. We're not quite there yet, but it, it is funny how like the the moms throughout this whole movie like never blame their sons. Like even when like Kenny's on like a hospital bed, like they, they come in like are yeah. yelling at their kids. But uh, we got a couple like little quick songs in here. We get another. There's a girl that I like uh, while stands in line There's at the, the lunchroom. I don't think we've mentioned what's the kid from Yardale's name? Gregory, the the fancy hmm, yeah. kid. Where's a four point four point oh grade point average at Yardale? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pap Gregory. Uh, and then uh, uh, Kyle, or sorry, Stan's talking to Chef about 
how to please a woman. Uh, Josh, do you remember what the advice that Chef gave to uh, Stan was? Yeah, and I already said the word earlier, so I'm not going to say it again, but he tells him to find... We'll just play that uh, sound bit again. Clitoris, clitoris, <laughs> clitoris. Yeah, so he tells him to find like a part of the female anatomy. Clitoris. Like, in typical chef fashion, says it, and is like, oops, did I let that slip out? <laughs> Move along now, children. <laughs> Which sets Stan on an hour and a half quest to find said female anatomy part which is highly inappropriate clitoris clitoris, clitoris. for a grown man to be saying to find that. yes okay yeah well no one was talking so. i'll just gonna let it breathe for a second <laughs> but uh while while that breathes we can listen to the uncle fucka remix that plays uh because terrence and philip are tearing up the airwaves um jumping ahead a little bit the next big song uh, is Mr. Mackey trying to correct the kid's behavior with It's Easy Mkay. Uh, that song. <laughs> Josh, what do you remember about this song? Everything about it, man. When this song started playing, it was stuck in my head for like a day and a half. Totally. Uh, and I think it's so funny that they're telling him not to cuss while they're cussing and mm-hmm. fuck is the worst <laughs> word that you can say and then they fuck just say that. It's pretty clever. It's another really clever song. I, like Trey Parker, I don't know how he does it. He's a brilliant songwriter. Yes. I love the uh, when they're talking about giving hand jobs for Smack and all the little kids do like a hand job motion. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, are there any parts of it's easy MK that stuck out to you? Um, I remember when I first watched it, I just loved. Um, was it Mr. Mackey? Yeah. Uh, I just loved his mannerisms of speaking and his cadence of okay. and just how he was kind of like a refined hillbilly. That's kind of like the first way I looked at him. So that's what really like took out, stood out to me other than like the actual song itself. Can someone explain to me uh, the bitch one? Bick is... Uh, it's Latin, Latin for generosity. <laughs> <laughs> teach him how not to say it, but... Well, it's also kind of like a commentary, too, of, like, how, like, when you watch an R-rated movie on TV, they'll have, like, ridiculous, like, fill-ins, but, like, and this is, like, kind of, like, giving a bunch of examples of the, but, like, the first verse of this song is Mr. Mackey telling them what to say, and it's, like, all of the kids, and, like, sing it back to him, like, and, like, this poo is cold, like, with a handful of, like, shit, <laughs> and, like, they're all, like, saying, like, fuck and shit and stuff, so. Uh, Mr. Mackey gives them the day off because they're now quote-unquote rehabilitated and they all go straight back to the Terrence and Philip movie uh so coming out of the movie uh we have the key plot point uh where Cartman bets Kenny that he can't light his own farts on fire uh I really fucking love this scene because because Kenny lights himself on fire and then Cartman just starts beating him with a stick and then he goes oh no the stick's on fire (laughs) <laughs> and they get rushed off to the hospital where they have a one of our first celebrity cameos brett do you remember who that celebrity cameo was playing a doctor george clooney absolutely yeah and then kenny that's dies. a funny scene yeah this is a step off. up for george clooney after having to play a dog barking mm-hmm. in an earlier in the, season in the first season <laughs> they gave him basically the same role that he plays in er except he ends up microwave I think he ends up putting a baked <laughs> potato in Kenny's body instead of a heart. Yeah. It never gets any easier. <laughs> oh, right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so Kenny goes to hell, of course, almost specifically because he didn't go to church that morning and he went to the Terrence and Philip movie <laughs> instead. Uh, Stevie, what's a song that plays when Kenny's going to hell? Oh, what's it called? Um, you're, it's, hell isn't good. You're in hell. Little boy, you're going to hell. <laughs> and sang by the amazing James Hetfield of Metallica. What do you guys think about that hell scene, though? It's actually kind of freaky, isn't it? Little boy getting sent to hell, and demons are like pulling his body apart. I mean, we were with the numbers and the trillions and rising, like a thousand like, people. And, like the number heaven. is stagnant in heaven. Like the Gandhi yeah. thing is kind of creepy, yeah. <laughs> Is that 1600 number in heaven? Is, I think that's a Mormon joke. Yeah, and they make the same joke in the show. Yeah. Well, Brett, you mentioned that Gandhi was in hell. There were a lot of, like, 
I mean, you saw Hitler, <laughs> but there's like also like a lot of like uh, Gene Siskel is in hell. George Burns. It wasn't it George Burns or was it? Yeah. Hmm. I, well, I, I definitely remember Gene Siskel and not surprisingly, Roger Ebert fucking hated this movie. Uh, but <laughs> oh, that's that, that jumps right from Little Boy Going to Hell to the Oscar nominated best picture song, Blame Canada. Uh, Josh, you want to talk about what the song's a little bit about since you are a parent? Before we hit it, do you guys want to know the um, people in hell? Yes. Saddam Hussein, Michael Jackson, Steve Irwin, the uh, Canadian Minister of Mobile Gaming, and Adolf Hitler. Sounds about right. Or some that really stuck out in this movie. Uh, John Wayne Gacy was there, Jeffrey Dahmer, George Burns. Correct. Uh, see here, Billy Mays, Conan O'Brien was in there. Conan. Uh, <laughs> Princess Di, Frank Sinatra, Gene Siskel, uh, Ted Bundy, Walter Cronkite. Let's see who else here. And those are the ones that everyone's really going to know. So I think this brings up the point of like, what's the deal with these two guys' like fetish for killing celebrities in everything they do? Why is that such a draw for them? Well, the first like three seasons were pretty much like shock humor and crude humor. That's why um, I think they really hit their stride from seasons four on. Not not saying uh, seasons one and three weren't good, but they did do like an interview once where they talked about their favorite episodes and their least favorite. And for their least favorite, they said every episode from seasons one through three. <sighs> but they didn't, I mean... It's not like all their celebrity deaths are in season one through three. They have them all throughout. They're in Team America. They have brutal stuff at like, that's one of their shticks is to really turn the celeb world on its head and not give a shit about it. Like when they walk the red carpet high on LSG cross dressing. Well, that's like, what I was trying to get to is the blame Canada is that is a total irreverence for the whole Hollywood celebrity culture. But you, you touched on a little bit is that. Blame Canada was nominated for Best Original Song. Um, and then, Josh, I guess, did you do you want to tell the story a little bit of how they showed up for the Oscars that year? I don't know the whole backstory, but, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are kind of like anti-establishment. So they get this this movie that's advertised as toilet humor. They get, they get the Oscar nomination and they go... And just totally kind of shit on it, honestly, for better or worse. Dresses. Yeah, they, they wore dresses, even though neither of them are like gay or transgender that I know of. And I guess in later years, they've interviewed and said that they're like, quote, high as balls on LSD. So, again, I, I think that does go back to the celebrity killings off. Like, they have a deep hatred for... Hollywood. I think they just make fun of how serious celebrities take themselves. Well, they've been mm-hmm. on record saying they 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 only really truly hate one celebrity, and that's Barbara Streisand, <laughs> which like, comes up later <laughs> in the movie too. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> everything else, everything else is just like complete total fun for them. I'm pretty sure, but they like totally despised Barbara Streisand for some reason. The song you've been hearing, Blame Canada, has been playing in the background. Uh, it lost to Tarzan's You'll Be In My Heart, Phil Collins, for Best Original Song. <laughs> the comeback. At the 2000 Oscars. Uh, there is a Robin Williams performance of Blame Canada, because he was the host that year at the Oscars. It's pretty shitty. Uh, <laughs> he forgets the words at some point. It's pretty cringy. So I, those first like four songs like really clip along like within the first thirty minutes. We kind of go through a dry spell a little bit here, but uh, we get some like 
I guess, geopolitical developments where Canada bombs the Baldwins, uh, Bill Clinton declares war, and then uh, back in hell, we find out that Satan and Saddam Hussein are in a gay relationship. Uh, was there anything that jumped out, I guess, for you guys in that in that part? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was talking earlier about the high barrier of entry for this movie, and I think all the blasphemy with going to hell and getting denied to heaven and then Saddam Hussein whipping out realistic dildos to like fondle Satan with like it's a lot and I've always been like I don't want to say like open-minded enough but like this never really bothered me but it's very easy to see why people would be turned off by this stuff and that's what sticks out to me about this scene like I didn't particularly love it it's just kind of like gross Saddam Hussein's character is like so wormy, nasty. Well, well Stevie, what's the, like the the dynamic of the relationship between Saddam and Satan? Can you? So, okay, so uh, Satan is a submissive to a very dominating Saddam who only wants to like fuck all the time. Who only wants to. Yeah, fuck. Never have any intellectual conversations or ask Satan how he's feeling. And Satan is just a little bitch throughout this whole movie. Like, I love how, like, at later points, Satan's reading, like, Saddam's are from Mars, <laughs> Satan's are from Venus. Like, mm-hmm. trying to reconcile their relationship. Like, Super I don't know. sensitive. Yeah. It, I think it's just silly. Like, <laughs> they're pushing the boundaries of free speech. Like, Josh, were you offended by the uh, religious content at all? No, but it made me realize I knew a lot of people that would be or are. That makes sense. Nah. No, Brett? Well, yeah, but I mean, nothing they've ever done has ever offended me, so. I'm not but, talking yeah. about you. I'm talking yeah. about your parents, maybe? Or... Nah. No, my parents bought me the Volume 1, uh, South Park Volume 1 for Christmas one time. They Sorry, it was like everyone in Brett's thing. life is very progressive, but me, yes, I grew yes, up in are. Indiana. I grew up in northern Indiana, so I know a lot of people that... Me, me too, but, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, the same thing that sucks about being a bald one <laughs> that sucks about being a Kelly. Nothing. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, Josh, I, I, I'm joking. I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you can... Everything they've ever done, I can totally see how it offends people. I mean, it's... I mean, that's kind of what they go for sometimes. So I agree with you. I'm just messing with you. Well, this is like purposely offensive, and it's like they're pulling out all the stops. Um, I I can't believe they didn't actually have Jesus show up at some point. He does. He's kind of a... That's when the uh, army is marching by when uh, Ike is in the closet. I don't know what I've been told. Canadian pussy is mighty cold. Uh, Jesus is in that. Hey, guys. I found out why they hate Barbara Streisand. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, we're talking about a Jesus cameo. No, go ahead. Go, no, ahead. go ahead, Stevie. No, but it's just been sticking. I've been reading this article for the past 10 minutes. So that's why I haven't been speaking that much. Um, so back in the early 90s, uh, in Aspen, or just in all, all of Colorado had this vote on something called Amendment 2, which they passed, and it pretty much um, voided and prevent, like prevented like gay people like, from going after people that, like, it was pretty much made it okay for, like, hate speech against gay people. And the state of Colorado, like, voted for that. And I guess, like, a lot of ski resorts, like, really suffered because during this, Barbara Streisand was telling everyone, like, who had, like, Hollywood homes, uh, not Hollywood homes, but, like, um, ski resort homes and stuff. People, like, a lot of celebrities that used to frequent the ski resorts to stay away from Colorado because they hate gay people, this, is that, and the other even if a town voted down on it, the state still voted for it. And I guess a lot of ski resorts went under and a lot of people lost their businesses in Colorado during this. Well, yeah, I can mm-hmm. tell you from living in Colorado that Aspen and Vail and the cities that they're going to are not anti-gay people. Those aren't the... Yeah, yeah. so like even like those, like you know, like Aspen voted it down, but still the state of Colorado like voted for it. So I guess Barbara Streisand had a lot of sway and a lot of people ended up uh, losing business. Well, it sounds like Barbara Streisand is a lot like Kyle's mom in the sense that she's a bitch, which is the next <laughs> yeah. song that we come to. For sure. 
in the movie. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs. Damn it. You guys, this is all Kyle's mom's fault. Shut up, Cartman. Kyle's mom is the one that started that damn club, and all because she's a big, fat, stupid bitch. Don't say it, Cartman. Wait. Don't do it, Cartman. Wait. I'm warning you. Okay, okay. I'm getting pretty sick of him calling my mom. Well, Cause mom's a bitch, she's a big fat bitch, she's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. She's a stupid bitch, she's the worst bitch, she's a bitch to all the boys and girls. Shut your fucking mouth, Carmen! On Monday she's a bitch, on Tuesday she's a bitch, and Wednesday to Saturday she's a bitch. Then on Sunday just to be different, she's a super king, come a may a bitch. Come on, you all know the words. Have you ever met my friend? Cause mom, she's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. She's a mean old bitch, and she has stupid hair, she's a bitch, 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 bitch. But it's the the element of like it's a small world after all. It's the yes. it's the jazz hands at the end. Uh, <laughs> it's the <Well. laughs> yeah. It's the wind up at the beginning. It's just so perfect. Uh, this is probably probably my favorite song. Um, Mine as well. It's got to be one of the best, if not the best. I think the wind up makes a song just because do you can just see how you can see how frustrated Kyle's getting. And it's so classic because three times Cartman cuts off and he goes out of screen. And on the fourth time, he slides into screen just going off. <laughs> so perfect. I love how, like, the kids who are singing the chorus, like, la, 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 like, show up like, in a chorus line and, like, dance through the frame. Like, it, it's just so hilarious. Uh, and they all even the Stan song. joins in. <laughs> They're clapping. <laughs> on Monday, she's a bitch. On Tuesday, she's a bitch. Uh... The biggest bitch in the whole wide world. So yeah, so the, the plot like does clip on a little bit. Uh, we get Doctor Voxnocker, who's played by Eric Idle from Monty Python. He installs the V chip in uh, Carmen's brain, which is <laughs> was this was like a TV thing, wasn't it? Like a V chip, like a parental control. Yeah. So that's like a double kind of entendre there. More commentary on the whole censorship aspect. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit, uh, the boys are deciding that they need to get more political because of like the mothers against canada rally uh and they asked themselves what a certain um celebrity would do uh in order to uh combat this oppression brett do you remember who that uh celebrity was uh yeah brian boitano do you remember those olympic games you were certainly old enough to to have taken part <laughs> indeed the 88 olympics i don't quite remember 1988 but uh so, no, not really. Uh, I have a very few tiny memories of the Olympics in it. Pretty much Greg Luganis hitting his head on the, whatever you call that, the platform, which was a really big deal, even though it wasn't a big deal at the time because he had HIV. But anyway. I feel, oh. I feel like I really get I get this joke, and I love the Brian Botano stuff, but do you guys have like a really good feeling for who he was, actually? Because I have no idea. I do now, and the funny thing is, is like he's absolutely embraced his stardom from this movie. His Twitter, I try, I try to tweet at him uh, to get him to come on the podcast. He didn't respond <laughs> at all. Uh, but his profile picture is Brian Boitano from the movie. Like still, <laughs> yeah, I read that he had yeah. to get permission from them to yeah. use that. He hosts a show on Food Network called What Would Brian Botano Make? And the title of the show is <laughs> What Would Brian Botano Do? But Do is crossed off and Make has like written over it. <laughs> like, That's funny. This has definitely just only been a boom for his career. And like one of the funny stories too is like he found out that he was going to be in this movie. Like a friend told him like, hey, like South Park, like you're in the new South Park movie. And like, you know, like at this point, South Park has this reputation of like, Barbara Streisand and everything else. So he goes to the movie by himself and is like, it's so relieved because the song, which you're hearing now, like portrays him as a superhero. He can like breathe yeah. fire. He can like yeah. save the day. Like it's, I, I, I love didn't realize song. how big of a deal that gold medal was. I don't think it really was. Like, I, well, I was yeah. listening to like commentators talk about it. And I guess like he wasn't even supposed to win it and just pulled off like perfect back to back to back routines. What would Brian Boitano do if he was here right now? He'd make a plan and he'd follow through. That's what Brian Boitano do. When Brian Boitano was in the Olympics skating for the gold, he did two stock cows and a triple. That's while wearing a blindfold. When Brian Boitano was in the Alps fighting grizzly bears, he used his magical fire breath and saved the maiden's fair. So what would Brian Boitano do if he were here today? I'm sure he'd kick an ass or two. That's what Brian Boitano do. 
That had to have been the best day of his life at the theater that day. It's an awesome song. So we jump back to hell. Uh, where? Oh, wait, sorry. We, we find out that uh, Cartman's mom was in a German Scheiza video. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> so there's the funniest story behind this, too. I don't know if you guys yeah. have seen this. Brett, have you seen this? Uh, you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah. If what uh, I think you're talking about is they wanted to originally have what, like a horse having, is that where, what you're talking about, Pat? Yep. Yeah, a horse have sex with Eric's mom, but um, the MPAA or the or the or probably more the studio, they were like, yeah, we can't do that. So they settled for the much less gross <laughs> thing of him crapping on her and in her mouth and stuff, which I think is one of the grossest things of all time, but and then they kind of like snuck that little joke in with that uh, Dr. Volkstatner. He held a picture of a guy having sex with a horse. So they always find a way to get their jokes in there. It's interesting, too, that that's where the studio came down. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the studio. It was the MPAA, actually. Was it the MPAA? Okay. So yeah. I, I was right the first time. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was. And it's actually, there's like an internal memo, which every like once every couple of years makes, makes around on Reddit or whatever, but... Maybe we'll have a spoiler man read this, but I'll, re- I'll read it verbatim. Um, this was a memo from Matt Stone to the MPAA regarding um, cuts and changes they had met that they had made. It was official letterhead. Uh, Here's our new cut of South Park the movie to submit to the MPAA. I wanted to tell you exactly what notes we did and did not address. We left in both the fisting and rim jab references in the counselor's office <laughs> scene. We did cut the word whole from asshole as per our conversation. Number two, we took out the entire God has fucked me so hard in the ass so many times scene. It is completely gone. (laughs) Number three, although it is not animated yet, we put a storyboard uh, clarification in with the Saddam Hussein's penis scene. The intent is now that you'll never see Saddam's real penis, but he was, in fact, using a dildo both times. (laughs) It's like when you think about that, like they probably... Submit the scene with the penis, knowing that we're going to roll it back. Like, we want the dildo scene, but we're going to ask for the penis scene and see what we can get. Uh, number four, we shot the fact uh, in revert, or we shot the animated scene that reveals uh, that when Nona Ryder is not, in fact, shooting ping pong balls from her vagina, she is, in fact, heating ping pong balls with a paddle. Uh, we, took okay. out, we took out the reference to come sucking ass in the film. And then uh, finally, we left the scenes. Uh, where Cartman's mom and the horse, as per our conversation, this is the only joke we really want to fight for. Call me if you have any questions, Matt. P.S. This is my favorite memo ever. So it was a big back and forth with the MPAA and like what these guys were trying to like get past them, which I think is a big part of the uh, the whole movie. But that's the overall message, isn't it? Basically, like the whole censorship thing. Um, but back in hell, we get. Oddly enough, one of the songs is one of the straightest in the whole movie. Uh, there's no cursing, uh, no actual jokes. Uh, Josh, do you want to talk about Up There, sung by, sung by Satan? Sometimes I think when I look up real high that there's such a big world up there, I'd like to give it a try. But then I sink Cause it's here I'm supposed to stay But I get so lonely down here Tell me why does it have to be that way Up there, there is so much room Where babies burn and flowers bloom Everyone dreams I can dream Yeah, I... This is probably the most boring part of the movie I love this Um. song (laughs) I love it so much (laughs) You're okay, so you're a, a fan of musicals, and I'm not. So when these songs aren't peppered with uh, jokes or like gross-out humor at some point, like I really get kind of bored, to be honest. But but this song is basically Satan 
showing his sensitive side once again and basically revealing that how he's going to deal with Saddam is going to be a huge plot point. Is there anything else really in the song? that? Well, if it's right, I think it's like super funny. Did I read that? That's Michael McDonald singing at the end of like the high notes at the end. So skipping ahead a little bit from there, we're, we're dealing more with the uh, war conflict with Canada. Uh, we get the first scene with the generals. Uh, Stevie, do you want to explain what Operation Human Shield was really quickly? Oh, man. Hold on. I'm forgetting. Ask someone else. <laughs> AKA get so, behind the darkies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joy, go ahead, Josh. Operation, what is it called? Shield? Human Shield. Human Shield. Human Shield. Yeah. Is basically... Trey Parker showing that the military is and always has been racist and sends people of color to the front line. And it kind of it culminates with the scene of Chef leading that team that Pappy just said and them like completely like the all yeah, the all black unit with uh, Chef and everybody. It's it's a really like racist like it's saying the military is racist. That's basically what the joke is in a nutshell. Hey, wait a minute! Hmm. All right, jumping ahead quickly, Stevie, are you prepared to talk about <laughs> La Resistance? By that, yeah. La Resistance with the kids that get together that amazing Go song. Go ahead. Yep. What's his face? Uh, Gregory belts out this awesome tune. Now, is this kind of like in direct reference to Les Mis? Definitely. Have you guys seen Les Mis? I saw a production of it at University of Western Michigan one time, but not. So is this song pretty like in close relation to it then? That I couldn't tell you. It's based on one a specific song from Les Mis, but I don't know which one it is. I think if I mean I think this could be tied or probably second best song just because it actually is a really good song. Wouldn't you agree, Pappy? I, yeah, it's just like the way it builds and all the components that have been like teased throughout the whole movie. Yeah, like, the song is called "One Day More" from Les Mis. Gotcha. And plus, they throw in like "Blame Canada" on there. And what other songs they throw in there during like the La Resistance? He's like this part: "Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker." Ba 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 ba. He's like classical music horns, like yeah. Well, let's jump ahead a little bit because Gregory does tell them that, like, all right, you guys don't know what the hell you're doing. So uh, he tells them about the mole. Uh, Kyle hides Ike in his uh, attic and they go to meet the mole. The mole is a cigarette smoking. He's not even an atheist. He just like hates, he, he believes in God and like just hates God. Like, he's like, God's a yeah. fucking pussy. <laughs> like, he cracked, yeah, he cracked me up. He was good. He was a good character. I like his mom's friend, she's like, he said naughty things about God. Like he can't come out and play. But they, uh, the mole agrees to help him break into the USO show uh, with Big Al and Renata Ryder and save the day. Uh, uh, then really quickly, before we get to that scene, we get like my least favorite song. It's not bad, but the I Can Change, sung by Saddam Hussein, it's fine. Do you guys have any points on that? I just don't understand why they wanted to push the Saddam Satan plotline so hard. They just really needed to show that like initial thing. And then when they came up at the battle at the end, it would make sense. They, like, Satan is 
like the second or third main character in this freaking movie, Satan. Well, and one of the things too, though, about Saddam Hussein, like similar to what we talked about on uh, The Departed, is that, and, and similar to Team America, when this came out, uh, Saddam Hussein was both still alive and in power. So maybe that's like more shocking. It doesn't resonate in, in the same way today. I'm not sure. It also fed into a little storyline when they came back from the movie, I think. Or was it right before the movie? So, I don't know. I doubt they'd want to push that, push him so hard just for an episode of the show. But, I don't know. I thought it was just kind of, they wanted to show Satan as the uh, sensitive guy who's misunderstood and doesn't really want to be down there. And then, who really wants to be uh, in the real world, but... And Saddam, who's kind of just exactly how you think Satan would be. I don't know. Maybe it's just some little paradox type thing they wanted to do. I don't know if I use that word right or not, but we're going with it. Peppy, what's your thought on not only this movie, but just South Park's portrayal of Satan? I, I think that what the point of this movie ultimately is, is to push what is tolerated by the MPAA and like even though this movie does have moments of gratuitous violence it's more like should we be able to say what we want to say without getting slapped with an NC-17 rating um which is what they were pretty much up against the whole time like it took draft after draft after draft to get it to even be a rated R and it's it's very telling I don't know when it comes in like later in the movie that they're saying that like you know Gratuitous violence is okay, but like, you know, sacrilege or too many F words or anything else isn't. So I think it That's kinda like the thesis statement of the movie, right? Yeah. So so maybe, you know, like Poe's Law, they're they're trying to be like sarcastic or tongue tongue in cheek with their like, you know, obscenities and and to some extent, you know, there'll be some like percent of the audience who like actually, you know, doesn't really get it, but I, I think that what they're doing is smart and it works get on a lot of different levels. Yeah, do you get it? Do you get, the, it? Do you get it quick? But uh, <laughs> my favorite part going back to that, I can change is when uh, uh, Satan is like his eyes turn into hearts because Saddam's like, I'm gonna change now, and does like a breakdown, breakdance, and like seduces him <laughs> <laughs> into being like friends again. Uh, but we jump ahead to the USO show, Stevie. What do you remember about the USO show? What stands out to you from that scene? Um, when they're going to kill Terrence and Philip. Yep. Uh, I absolutely love how like, uh, Kyle's mom and the other moms or PTA moms, as I would call them, have like those anti-Canada shirts and how pretty much it's kind of building up to this point of if the U S like kills Terrence or Philip then Satan is going to rise. And I thought it was hilarious that like when, um, like the kids were surrounding like Terrence and Philip, like, "Hey, don't kill these guys." Was it Kyle's mom that pulled the trigger? Yeah. I absolutely love how like Kyle's mom just can't stand it that the kids are still rallying around these guys, and she kills them anyway. And that's when like the battle of the two armies breaks loose, and all hell ensues. Literally, like hell. Yeah, comes hell out comes out. Like uh, demons yeah. come to play. Make the sound of a dying giraffe. Things are are hitting the fan here. Uh, So, yeah, I guess uh, just to get to the end of the movie, we've got to wrap this shit up. Uh, Cartman finds out that the V-chip that was implanted in him endows him with superpowers when he cusses. And uh, Kenny sneaks up, and because of the role he's played in a therapeutic sense for Satan, Satan grants him one wish. Uh, Kenny wishes everything to go back to normal. Uh, so there's a mountain town reprise as Kenny goes up to heaven. Any points? This is where Jesus yeah. should have shown up. Thanks, Josh. Any <laughs> other notes in this final scene? Or I thought the animation was Any... brilliant when Cartman was going full like Super Saiyan on everybody. Oh yeah, like the animation looked Z. really high end. Like it took it looked to me like it would take a long time to like produce that. I thought it was one of the best shots of the movie. It's kind of like a Dragon Ball Z knockoff moment. Oh, he goes like Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan. And like 
it's kind of funny. The main curse that he says at the end, that's like the finish him kill, Barbra is Streisand. just Barbara Streisand. Well, then I do like the aspect too. Is like they're they're singing Mountain Town again. Uh, and then like there's killer whales like jumping out of nowhere like in the foreground, <laughs> and then Kenny's going up to heaven and is like, heaven is just like a bunch of like girls with big boobs, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's where he's going. Uh, and then there is a post credit scene in this movie. Did any of you guys see that? No. What is it? Ike's still in the in the attic. And Franking is like eating a rat, like still playing his <laughs> oh, <yeah>. harmonica. <laughs> yeah, I think so good. Yeah. Which, that's a question of mine about this movie. Why did they let his storyline fall to the wayside? There's a lot I mean, of things I would have liked to see. I like to see this movie like, explore Butters. There's a lot of characters I wish it would have gone more into. But... I think this is pre Butters Butters. It is. Yeah, it definitely is pre Butters Butters. He didn't come around till, I mean, uh, as a big part till. Late season four, early season five, maybe when Kenny after Kenny dies, he does have real. two. He has two great moments though, where he falls on his face during La Resistance, carrying the flag, <laughs> and when Cartman's like, "Who wants to touch me?" and Butters goes, "Ugh," <laughs> because he saw the movie. <laughs> the thing I think people don't realize is I think Butters is actually in the first episode, just like as an extra, and they almost just like handpick that extra later on to like develop <laughs> and make a full fledged character. Ended up being one of the best characters in the whole series, oh, definitely. too. Definitely. Uh, but also, like, we never mentioned Kenny. I don't know. the Kenny's reveal of his hair color early in the movie and then, like, his face, which is basically just, like, Stan except with blonde hair. <laughs> like, True, yeah. Those were, like, the first times. That's kind of a big deal. I remember thinking when I saw this for the first time, like, ooh, they're finally showing what's under the hood. In hindsight... It's just like a joke and really funny, but I remember feeling like that when I was younger. I hate you, Kenny. Anybody else with any final thoughts or before yes or no? Just a random thing. I don't know why I find it so funny, but I think my, my maybe my favorite or most underrated line is the earlier about Brian Adams. Does anybody know what clip I'm talking about? <laughs> the Canadian government has apologized for Brian Adams several times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Can I finish, Brett? Brett, can I finish, please? I think every time the Canadians are on the can I finish? Brett, can I finish, please? (laughs) Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. buddy. Stevie, any other final scenes that we missed that you liked? Um, I think you pretty much touched on all of them. I'm trying to think here if there's anything that kind of stood out to me other other than the fact that we. I would just say the Canadians in general. I think that's what made me laugh the hardest throughout the movie is just. Do you guys like understand why they like use them as like like half heads? No. But Is there an inside joke to that that I have it. never known? Well, so Dom's also a half head too. Yeah, like for what some is reason? Is it just is it faster animation doing it that way? I don't know. They have super <laughs> fast animation anyway, so <laughs> the half heads and beady little yeah. eyes, I believe. With the beady little eyes, blame King. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, we'll, we'll go with you first. Yes or no, then, for this film? Um, I'll give it a yes. Uh, it's definitely not the high point of South Park lore, but it's definitely not the lowest point either. It's just kind of like in the middle of the road. Um, but it's also early, like in South Park lore, so they haven't had a chance to build up all the characters that we love. Um. So I'll give it a yes. I think it's a solid movie, and I laugh quite a bit. Uh, I'll also give it a yes. Uh, it's one of my favorite like comedic musicals. I think it works on even if you haven't seen like a lot of South Park, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, really funny movie. Not the best movie to spoil. Hopefully it sounds good with the music, <laughs> but it's just like really funny to talk about, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, this is huge yes for me. This is a big part of... Uh, I don't know, off to South Park where I go, where I learned everything that I know. Like, this movie taught me probably what that female anatomy part was <laughs> in the first <laughs> place. <laughs> Just to be honest. Chicks and... dig confidence, Josh. <laughs> yeah, you probably have to look it up in the encyclopedia. 
<laughs> the handwritten one, not oh, encyclopedia.com yeah. for nope. you youngins. But um, hmm. I like what Stevie said about it being kind of middle of the road South Park lore. I, I agree with that. It's it's not like their funniest, best character development and stuff, but I do think it's maybe the moment where Trey Parker outed himself as a great musician. And so for that reason, like it does still stand out among the best South Parks of all time. And yeah, big yes. And Brett. Uh, pretty much I was going to piggyback on what Stevie and Josh said. Just to touch on what Josh said earlier. I mean, I honestly think Trey Parker is the most talented person in the world. And that's not hyperbole. I really think that. I think he's the most brilliant person in Hollywood or before ever since. So, uh, but I'm with Stevie though. I think, like I said earlier, I think they hit their stride season four and five when they started doing the, the faster episodes, the fast turnaround times so they could talk about, you know, hot topics of the day. And I think it kind of culminated in season eight, which I think is one of the greatest seasons of any show ever. If you get a chance, go check out those episodes. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely yes for me. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you guys. It's not, it's kind of pre-political. I really think they hit their storytelling stride uh, right after this movie. So I agree with like season four, where, like there's like a really like big, like jumping off point. Yeah. And then it, for sure. And then they actually go to fourth grade. Um, so they grow up a little bit and they start thinking about different things. And I think that's kind of, it's a propel, it propelled the show up to I think their best moments, which are, again, I'm a huge South Park fan. So it's definitely yes for me, a solid yes. I, I'm with Josh, I think it's brilliant. It's just not something that I would go back and watch all the time just because it's a little dated and I like their newer stuff more. So definitely yes. Well, there we go, that's four yeses. So that makes it some sort of preserved food. Uh, before cheesy we do puffs. trivia, <laughs> cheesy poofs. Uh, before we do trivia, we have an iTunes review from October we never read. Uh, this is from Anna Camp. Five stars. Good guys, great spoilers. Keep it up, fellas. Thank you, Anna. Very sweet. So, nice. Thanks, Anna. There you go. There's a little bit more to that story, actually, too. Um, at Adam Jakoyak's, um bachelor party, I took this like uh. super close-up of Brett, <laughs> posted it online on our Instagram, and it just said listen to our podcast bitch and Anna actually responded to that post and said like I left you a <laughs> review bitch <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> Whoa. she thought that was you Brett so I just want to know you guys have that do I know her or what <laughs> well trivia time trivia time so this is going to be a hybrid of a game we played before we're going to try to identify the episode from the show by the name of the episode uh but this is uh 2.0 it's been upgraded bigger larger fourth grade edition so we have five shows south park the simpsons king of the hill family guy and spongebob squarepants that's in the thread for you right now uh so from those five shows, I picked an episode, one from each of those first five seasons. Your guys' task will be to name me the show based on the name of the episode. Now the new caveat, the new caveat is, is that each one of you will get a four passes during the course of this game. If you pass a title, it'll go to the next person in the order, but I'll eliminate one of the movies from those five. So it'll be a little bit easier. Single elimination. You can't miss one. So I highly, highly encourage you to use your passes as much as possible. How many passes? Four? Four. And I'll Is keep it one and done? Guys. There are 20. One ah, and done. Fuck. So you can't miss. But we're seeing who can get the most right. Without no. Missing. Last man standing. When you miss, Ooh. you're done. No, 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 but is there only one question? There are 25. Okay, okay. That's one fine. from each show from each of the first five seasons. Uh, so, again, South Park, The Simpsons, King of the Hill, Family Guy, SpongeBob SquarePants. The order tonight will be Brett, Stevie, Jack. Lame. 
Yep. Oh man, I'm the longest, I'm the longest. Well, Brett, <laughs> you, you didn't watch the whole movie. So we'll start with you. Oh, I did. <laughs> Outed me, man. Brett, your episode is When You Wish Upon a Weinstein. Family Guy. Correct. Big, big non-pass. We'll go Stevie. Stevie, your episode is Idiot Box. You got, you can pass. Remember, it's one and done. So I will pass. Good call. Josh, Idiot Box is not from South Park. Pass. Brett, Idiot Box is not from South Park or The Simpsons. Is it from King of the Hill, Family Guy, SpongeBob SquarePants, or do you wish to pass? I'm going to have to pass on that. All right, Stevie, Idiot Box is not from South Park, The Simpsons, King of the Hill, or... Nope. What? Or King of the Hill. There's two left. Oh, man. So it's not from South Park, Simpsons, or King of the Hill? Correct. Is that right? Yeah, do you want to guess? You can, you can also One of pass. Them, I'm, I'm but... asking, is it so South Park, Simpsons, and King of the Hill? Or... The Simpsons or King of the Hill have all been eliminated, yeah. Uh, just to expedite the game, I'll say Family Guy. Incorrect. Cool. And he gave, the, he gave you that. Steve. I just want to get the game over with. I'm tired. No, but he, he said King of the Hill, so I'm going. Stevie took a dab. Yeah, this, this episode is easy. Long. Okay. Jesus. Stevie's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stevie. Ready. Josh, there's no disgrace like home. Brett, there's Pass. No... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Not from South Park. Pass. Josh has two passes. Not from SpongeBob SquarePants. Pass. Brett, not from Family Guy. There's no disgrace like home. Ah oh, man, if I pass him, giving it to him. Um. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm deciphering. <laughs> He's in the tight spot. <laughs> There's no disgrace like home. Uh, uh, let's just see where this goes. I'm going to pass. Josh, there's no disgrace from home is not from South Park, King of the Hill, Family Guy, or SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm going to say The Simpsons. Correct. So Josh has two passes. Brett has one. Hey, uh, he, he should have three, shouldn't he? Oh, whatever. One left. I thought he had one left, too. I do have one left, Pat. Yeah, he, right. you missed that last one for him. All right. That was my strategy. Worldwide Recorder Concert, Brett. South Park. Josh, Marge versus the Monorail. <laughs> I'll say The Simpsons. Brett, Death Has a Shadow. Damn the guy. Josh, here comes the oh. neighborhood. You have one pass, I believe, correct? Here comes the neighborhood. I think that's SpongeBob. I'm going to go with SpongeBob. God nope. damn it. Brett's the winner. It's South Park. South Park, baby. <laughs> what episode is that? It's the one where Season everyone... Five. I'm not going to... Will Smith moves in, and then every Brett, what's I'm... the movie? <laughs> Pappy sounds so excited Are we about spoiler it. Man? All right, spo- spoiler man. Wait, no. Before we hit spoiler man, I need to do a quick Instagram plug. Andy He said, "Quote on Instagram, South Park the movie. It's one of the smartest, funniest musicals of all time, disguised and advertised as meaningless trash toilet humor." Sorry to make you wait the whole episode, Andy, to hear that. But Andy's our new friend on Instagram. Andy Mogger, he's like a 
budding, aspiring character and FX creator. Uh, he's looking to make it big. So are we. So well, I appreciate Andy. I appreciate Andy Thanks, for Andy. listening this long to the <laughs> podcast, which I'm sure he did. Brett, what movie the will movie you be? We're going to be doing is a 1992 classic, My Cousin Vinny. Yep. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, the spoilers. Uh. Is that the one with uh, like Joe Pesci is like a cop and he tries to break into a kid's home? No. I think he's Joe a bank Pesci's robber. A, no, no. Yeah, he's, he's a, a bank, bank robber, robber, right? That's. And he's trying to get like a surgery. And he's right like now. yelling. He's like yelling Attica <laughs> out in the street or something like that. Are you basically saying all Italians are the same? Because you just named a bunch of movies with Italian leads. <laughs> Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for movie spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was spoilers. All right. There's no pain. You are. That's definitely not. That's Van Morrison singing that. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Yes, it no. is. Yes, it is. It's Roger Waters. I saw it. No, I. Okay, I promise you. Yeah, it's definitely there. not Grateful Dead. Like Paps. No, Van Rod. Morrison. Okay, but it's not Roger Waters. It's some other guy. I don't. I, I so that wasn't but... live Pink Floyd. I disagree. I okay. I I'm the one who added the track to the Ooh. podcast. I saw the name and the artist. <laughs> there is no pain. Maybe they must like hey, because it hold sounds on. so fucking bad. Hey, hey, Pappy, we're we're all right, okay? We're it's, yeah. We're, it's Van Morrison with Pink Roger. Boy. It's Roger Waters, Van Morrison, Rick Danko, Levon Helm, and Garth Hudson. But it and doesn't Garth mean Brooks. it's not Roger Waters. The band it doesn't mean it doesn't sound like ball sack. All right, let's start. It sounds like shit. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Clitoris.